right, so let me make a bold statement up here, and you can agree with it, or you can disagree with it, but I think that there's a lot of merit in this. You can't become wealthy and maintain wealth mm -hmm. without a wealth mindset. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on today's episode, we're going to break down the way wealthy people think. In the last episode, we talked about the path to wealth, and today we want to talk about kind of a mindset usually leads to wealth. You know, do we have the, a wealthy mindset? Oh, do we have a poor mindset? Because mindset, when it comes to building wealth, truly matters. So, David, let's start with a little recap of why we're talking about this topic. And last time we talked about Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant yeah. and how that led into uh, wealth building. Because there is a difference between being on the left side of the quadrant and the right side. So why don't we just do an overview and then jump into this topic? Yeah, I think that's great. So he's got a quadrant, so four boxes, and it starts with an employee. And most people start their career, they start with a job. And when you're in a job, your time is money. Mm -hmm. uh, then you move to the next box in the quadrant and you become self-employed. Uh, when you're self-employed, you own the job. It's, your, it's still your time, but you can maybe move some things around, you can flex, you can get creative, and maybe you can earn a little bit more money for your time. Right. So you own the means of production. Then a business owner. And a business owner, that's the next quadrant, owns the system. And the business owner is now able to enact and employ other people's time to multiply right. the amount of money that comes out of that business mm -hmm. and that system. It's not easy to build a system. It's a lot of hard work. A lot of yep. small businesses fail. But you learn from those failures. You grow. You get a business owner mentality. And you've shifted to that box. Yep. Then the final box is the investor box where you own the investments, your investments, your money, your capital grows based on the investments that it's in. So your money is making you money. And now your income doesn't depend on your work or your management. Because even when you own a business or you're a business owner, there's still often going to be a level of management and involvement in the business. Mm -hmm. So you may be able to multiply your time for money, right. but it's still your time that's multiplying some kind of factor to create money. Yep. So employee, self-employed, business owner, and then investor. And the reason that we're talking about a wealthy mindset is because you don't move through this chain naturally in life. <laughs> no, you don't. Now, only a handful of people actually move through this chain of, of this quadrant at all. Yeah. Very few people do. And we're going to talk about the mindsets of the people who tend to move through um, this quadrant, who move through this path to wealth. Mm -hmm. And when we say wealth, um, we're talking about exorbitant, you know, multiples. Yeah, generational, generational wealth. Generational wealth. We're not something about, that yeah. it's enough for you to live on, and hopefully you'll have enough and not run out. It's way beyond that. And yeah. that's why this cash flow quadrant is a great way to look at this, because the left side is the employee and the self-employed. On the right side is the business and the investor. And typically what they say, what Robert has made somewhat famous through his teaching is that you have to gravitate from the left to the right mm -hmm. if you truly want to build wealth. If you become, if you want to become rich and wealthy, you cannot do it on the left side because there's only so much time and so much energy that you can expand right. when you're getting paid per hour. But when you employ other people and when you employ your own money that's working for you, 
that's not limited, then that can exponentially grow to a significant amount. So that's what we're talking about. That's right. So let me make a bold statement up here. And you can agree with it or you can disagree with it. But I think that there's a lot of merit in this. You can't become wealthy and maintain wealth mm -hmm. without a wealth mindset. I would definitely agree with that. That's huge. Yep. Here, here's the perfect example for this. People who gain a lot of wealth through the lottery or through mm -hmm. inheritance who do not have a wealthy mindset eventually lose it. Yes. They don't have the ability or the mindset, the values and the everything that it takes, everything we're going to talk about in this episode right. to maintain and hold that wealth. Now, here's the interesting thing. You can add skills to your mindset. You can add skills. Mm -hmm. But you have to change your mind. Yes. If you really want to step towards a wealth mentality and growing and flourishing, you have to shift the way you think. Mm -hmm. And that's going to shift your habits, it's going to shift your actions, and it's going to shift your results. Yes. But it starts with changing the way you think. In the middle of that, you can add skills and knowledge and experience, and that will cause you to go further and go faster. But it starts with how you think. So, Leo, let's talk about a wealthy mindset and just some simple things that we've seen and that we've studied of what a wealthy mindset looks like. Yeah, this is, this is I think, going to be very interesting for most of us because sometimes we're not aware that our thinking actually stops us from having any progress. Oh, you know, we think, well, gosh, if I just have more education, if I know more, then, then I'll be able to succeed. But a lot of times what stops us is our own thinking, our own beliefs, uh, how we perceive what's happening to us, mm -hmm. uh, the situation we get ourselves into. Uh, when I started my first business, I was very excited. You know, I thought, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna serve a lot of people, hopefully I can make money at it and make a living at it so I can continue to do it. It would be like the dream, dream scenario for me. Mm -hmm. And then I realized how hard it was to actually run a business, <laughs> that I actually had to find clients and sell them my services. And, and there were so many pieces to it. And the interesting part of that is what came out of that was my insecurities. Like, I'm not good enough. Who's going to hire me? Yeah. Like, why would people even listen to me? And you don't know that you're insecure until you're put in a position to feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And it made me look at the way I thought about myself and about success, which a lot of this has to do with that. A wealthy mindset is about will you be able to go through the difficult times, through the barriers, to gain that success, the wealth, the financial success we're talking about. So the first one that we want to talk about is wealthy mindset people believe that they create their own life. Here's what that means is that their success is fully dependent on themselves. That's what they believe. They believe that no one else can determine or stop them from achieving that success. It doesn't mean that people won't get in the way. It doesn't mean they won't have challenges, but they believe it's fully within their control to adapt, to change, to do whatever is necessary in order to win and to succeed. This is a very individualistic mindset. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna see uh, in a little bit about the mindset of community and the importance of relationships. This, is, this individualistic mindset is not downplaying the community and mm -hmm. networking, but what it is saying is that really the buck stops with me. I personally am responsible mm -hmm. for my growth, my, my wealth, my influence, mm -hmm. the things that I'm going to do, if I'm going to create a life of success, I have to be the one that steps up. Yep. Uh, now we're going to see in a few minutes how important it is to bring mentors around and how important it is to have meaningful relationships. But we're talking about responsibility yeah. and a wealth mindset. 
um, is very much an individualistic responsibility to go out and pursue and grow and increase. Yeah, so think of the contrast to that. Somebody who has a poor mindset, somebody who does not have the wealthy mindset, they don't take responsibility when something happens. They tend to blame and play the role of a victim. And really, honestly, if you think about this as you're listening to this, if this is affecting you in any way, I want you to ask yourself the question, when is the last time you complained about something that's happened, Mm -hmm. not only to yourself, but to someone else, a friend? And then try this test out. Take the next five to seven days to not complain about anything. Oh, that's impossible, Leo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but here's the thing. The more you complain, the more you realize how much of a victim mindset you might have embraced. Yeah. Because there's always going to be opposition. This is the difference between the wealthy mindset and the poor mindset, is that the wealthy mindset understands that there is opposition. They understand Mm -hmm. that it's not going to be perfect, but they refuse to expend their energy making excuses or trying to blame somebody else because they don't believe that's going to do any good. In fact, I believe they've experienced it because they've already done it and it hasn't worked out for them. So they've shifted their mindset and said, you know what, yes, maybe this person did me wrong, but if I'm going to play the victim, it's, I'm just going to stand still. Mm-hmm. And I need to move beyond this. Yeah. So you see people who are very successful who fail miserably. In fact, this is something I learned from Kisaki is that when he fell, when he lost his first business, uh, he, he, I think he said something like, it was like falling out of an airplane without mm-hmm. a parachute. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine what that feels like. <laughs> and, and he said, but he had to pick himself up and get up and start it again and make the business successful. And that is a difficult thing to do, and a lot of people can't do it. That's why so many businesses fail. They don't have the fortitude and the mindset to say, yeah, this sucks, but I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna keep going. And that's the difference. And that has to be something that goes deep inside of you that says, I am not gonna let anything or anyone stop me from pursuing this. I believe in this. I think this is going to allow me to do what I was called to do to a greater degree and impact more lives. And I'm not gonna let obstacles get in the way. So the difference is take responsibility, don't blame others. Take responsibility. That's good. I I was talking to a manager in a company the other day, and they were telling me about how their manager was making their job difficult, (laughs) and that their employees weren't listening to them, and that their peers weren't helping them. Mm. And so this one manager in the middle is complaining up, complaining down, (laughs) and complaining sideways. I talked to another manager in the same company, and that manager was saying, okay, I've identified some similar issues. But what they started to do is they went and they got books on leadership. They went and they began to study how to influence the people above them, mm-hmm. below them, yep. and their peers. And they were just, they were just rattling it off. Hey, um, I'm, I'm looking at uh, a book on silos and politics inside of companies and turf wars and how to break that down and mm-hmm. how to... How to, how to you know, how to overcome, yeah. uh, reading a book called Extreme Ownership, right, by a U.S. Navy SEAL, Jocko Willick, and like, and they were, they're like, how do I take ownership of this? Yeah. I yeah. step up and I change this dynamic. Yeah, that's responsibility um, right that's there. That's responsibility. Yeah. The, the Advantage by Patrick Lencioni, uh, you know, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni, that, like, they had, a, they had a desire to take responsibility and change. Mm-hmm the structure above and below and to the side of them. That's, That's good. the difference. Yeah. And, and and you talk to the first person and it was, it's not my fault. I'm yep. stuck in the middle yep. of three sides that are all not good. And yep. the other person's like, I'm going to make a difference. <laughs> that That is such a 
helpless position to hold. Yeah, it's painful. In in if you really if you the more time you spend there, the the less you'll be able to move forward because you truly begin to believe that it's everyone else's fault except your own. And I'm telling you that that is a poor mindset, and that will keep you from achieving whatever yeah. you're called to do. Again, the wealthy believe the wealthy mindset believes that nothing is in control of their destiny, mm-hmm. that they have that ability to manage and navigate that. Uh, and that's a big difference. That's right. Well, good. Well, the second part of a wealthy mindset is that wealthy mindset people are committed to being wealthy. Mm-hmm. They make a commitment to it. There is something that they lock in and they believe. Here's what it is. It starts with a belief in the dignity and the value uh, of, of wealth. Yes. They don't believe that having a business or a job or increasing financially is a negative thing in yeah. any way. They believe that wealth will actually allow them to serve their family well yes. and serve others well, yep. to create health in the community around them. They believe in the value of wealth. They don't believe that wealth comes with a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. That's a huge mindset shift. Something most of us didn't grow up with. Exactly. And, and I, I'm thinking about just the, the season we're in in our nation with uh, so much social unrest. And one of the aspects of that is the wealthy and how much they have, the rich versus the, the not yeah. so rich. Because I think we're all rich, but I digress. My point is you have people that are very wealthy and you have people that are not. And there's this income gap that's been talking about that it's getting wider and wider. And here's the reality of it. If you are in the lower income level and you look at wealthy people and you think those wealthy people are, you know, scoundrels or whatever, and you look at wealth as a negative thing, then whatever wealth comes your way, you will not hold on to it. Because if you believe wealth is wicked in some way, and this is the way it's portrayed many times, Mm -hmm. you know, the wealthy are just wicked and they need to share with everybody else. Well, here's the thing. If you believe that's true, then to a degree you believe that wealth is wicked. And if you were to ever become wealthy, you'd sabotage it. You'd mm-hmm. some, because if this is a deep belief inside of you, you'd find a way to either get rid of it or lose it or spend it foolishly. I don't know. But this is something that's really important. Wealthy people don't believe. They don't have negative beliefs about wealth. Mm-hmm. They believe they can use it for good. Now, that doesn't mean that all wealthy people are you know, super moral people. No. <laughs> uh, they can do bad things too, just like all of us can, no matter how much money they have. But money is not the root of all evil. This is a misquote. It's actually a biblical reference that's been taken out of context. It says money is the root of all evil. That's wrong. It says that the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. So wealth is a good thing. I believe it's something that we have been blessed with and we should use it for good purposes. But when wealth becomes the focus of your life, it'll suck the life out of you. And yeah. you, and if, if that's the reason you're building wealth, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be a miserable, wealthy person. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. What we're talking about here, though, is accepting the fact that wealth is a good thing so that you can actually say, hey, if I become wealthy, that's a good thing. And now you have the desire to pursue it to whatever degree you're able to do it. And there's not a finish line for any of us. It's just what are you able to do on your own? Some people can become billionaires. Others are never meant to be that. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But if you have a wrong mindset about wealth, 
you're never going to be able to build it. Yeah, the, the biblical scripture is true. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Mm-hmm. But that's when you're in love with money, yep. and that is your sole focus. That's your goal in life. And you'll that's use money to yeah. oppress and oh. to have your way, and yeah. which will mean actually not serving people, but using people. Right. And so it is, it's that, it's that heart. It is, it's that mentality and that isn't healthy. That's why we talk about being financially free so you can pursue your true life's purpose. Right. We want wealth to be a tool that allows you to pursue your purpose and that will allow you to serve the greatest number of people yeah. in the greatest way possible. So if you believe in the value and the dignity of business and of increasing in wealth and the way you increase in wealth through business is you serve more people. Yeah. And the guy that, that I, I had somebody come and mow my lawn the other day because I was busy. And I was so excited and grateful to give him a certain amount of cash mm-hmm. as a thank you for helping me out with the lawn. Yep. He did a service for me. Yep. Let's say he serves 10,000 people and gets 10,000 times the amount of cash I gave him. Eventually, he's going to become pretty wealthy. Mm -hmm. And if he builds a system Mm -hmm. where he employs others to go mow lawns, and he's now managing others who are mowing lawns, he's going to become wealthy. But the way he did it was by serving people. So if he believes that he's doing good by serving people, he's going to get excited and try to hire more people, figure out the most efficient ways to do it, figure out the best way to give the best lawn care. If he believes that wealth is bad... As soon as he starts to accumulate too much, he's going to think, oh, I have too much. I, I probably shouldn't do any more work. Yeah. I probably should work less. I probably should serve less people. And he's going to, like the people that need help, he's not going to help. Mm-hmm. And so it's a shift in mindset. It's a yeah. shift in mindset. So number three kind of follows along this last one we just touched on. Wealthy mindset people think big. So not only do you have to understand that wealth is a good thing in order to pursue it, because if you have negative feelings, then you won't. But you also have to think big. If you limit, you have limited beliefs about what you can accomplish, then you won't think big. That's right. You'll, you'll think small. So here's what you need to ask yourselves. How many people do you want to serve? Is it 100 people? Is it 1,000 people? Is it 10,000? Is it a million? Mm-hmm. Because if it's small, if you're thinking, gosh, if I can only serve 1,000 people, that should be enough for me because that'll give me enough money to take care of myself, take care of my family, and never have to worry about money. Well, there's a lot of me in there, <laughs> yeah. right? There's a lot of, if, if I can do this, then it would benefit me. And it's a wrong perspective. Wealthy people think big because they're thinking, my product is so good. What I'm doing is so good mm-hmm. that I want it to reach every single person in the world. That's big. That's right. Now, they may never reach one-tenth of that, but that's not the point. The point is they believe enough in what they do that they're doing it for the right reason. They're not thinking, gosh, if I just can get 1000 a month or 2000 a month or 5000 a month or whatever, they don't have a limiting belief that way. They just think, if I can blow this up to the greatest degree possible, that's what I want to do. And I think it's really important to have big, big goals and big thinking, not limit yourself. Yeah. Let the market limit you. There's plenty of force there to limit you, but don't let yourself be the limiting factor. If what you're offering is so valuable, you should desire to share it, Yeah. literally with the whole world. Yeah, there's a new mindset that has come around. I don't know if it's new, but it's definitely become popular that I'm going to work really, really hard to get just enough money to take care of myself. And then I'm going to step out of the marketplace and just take care of myself. Yeah. 
It's a selfish way to pursue life yeah. and wealth. <laughs> yeah, and what's funny is that a lot of the folks that end up doing that, as soon as they get to the place where they have earned enough to take care of themselves, within a year to two years of taking care of themselves only, they realize how unfulfilling it is. Yes. And they end up going back into the marketplace in some way, maybe different from their original career where they were an expert and earned money doing something they didn't like doing. Maybe now they've shifted their time and energy to their true purpose. Mm. But, but there is a mindset that has started and a, and, a, and a popular idea that if I just earn enough really fast, take care of myself, I can retire, move off into my home, live in the woods... And, and there's a few people that may be wired that way and may serve their family that way, but I have not met very many of them. Yeah, and, I, and I think the market is actually set up to completely make these people unsuccessful because when you approach serving people that way, people know it. Yeah. If true. you're doing it for the wrong reason, people will know it. Now, you may fool a few people. They might buy your product, but you're not going to have lifelong customers. You're not going to have people that are going to continue to come to you and you're going to serve more and more people you're going to just be able to con i hate to use that word mm-hmm. but almost con a few people into it and that's unfortunate because if your product was good ongoing yeah then you would serve more and more people and you would have more wealth and you realize that wealth because again we said wealth is not the real pursuit but it's serving others that's the greater fulfilling pursuit and i think you'd find that in it and i think sometimes we start with a wrong intention well, I want to take care of my family. And that's not wrong. But if you set a limit and you think small because you're just thinking, how can I do this for me? You're really starting the wrong path. Mm-hmm. You need to think, how can I serve people? Because we said this over and over again. The more people you serve, the more wealth will come your way. Right. That's just that's just a, the law of give and receive. It's just, it's, it's just what's going to happen. That's right. Yeah, I manage a team at the church. And I recently came to manage a new team. And... The team that I was now managing had built a really good system to serve about 30,000 people. Mm. But the church has grown to influence and serve around 100,000 people. Yeah. And so we were great at serving 30,000. Yeah. But I had to shift and help shift personally, but also help shift the whole team's mindset. And shift the structure, the departmental leadership, the way that we manage and create... We had to shift all of that, and I had to say, we need to start thinking of 300,000. Mm-hmm. We need to start thinking of 3 million. What is, it, what is the next concentric circle that we go to? And this is some vision that our senior leader had given down, but, but this is, I'm saying, how do we build today so that we do scale at that level? Yeah. Because we were doing great at 30,000, but once you serve 30,000 people well... How do you serve the next large batch of people? And, and the heart is to serve. The yep. heart is to help. And if you don't have a system in place, so wealthy mindset is always thinking, mm-hmm. okay, what's the next circle of influence that I need to grow to? That's a really big deal. Yeah, yeah you got to continue to break through ceilings that are going to just come your way. It's, yep. it's good. All right, number four, wealthy mindsets are bigger than their problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, building wealth is hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's plagued with problems, with headwinds. You're gonna get pushback. Yeah, you're gonna run into people that make it difficult. You're gonna run into um, legislation and regulations in government, and and competitors and personal self doubts and economic, economic downfalls and all kinds of COVID. things. COVID. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you're gonna run into. It's not easy, um, but the wealthy mindset. 
uh, is bigger than the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, people with a wealthy mindset accept that there's always going to be resistance. There's always going to be opposition. And yet they choose to push through. Yeah, that's in, good. In fact, they try to anticipate what's coming. Yeah. That's why they're thinking, oh, well, once we're serving 100 people, what are the problems that would stop us to get to 1,000 people? Yeah. They start thinking ahead. They anticipate. And then they choose to push through when the problems come. People with a poor mindset typically do anything to avoid problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen yeah. this uh, all across my whole career. Uh, they'll avoid hard conversations. They'll avoid um, picking up extra work because it's extra work. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I just don't want to do that. Yeah. They may be capable. They may be intelligent enough. But they're like, no, that's just not fun for me. Mm-hmm. And they're not thinking through to serve from that 100 people to that 1,000 to that 10,000. They're thinking through, right now, today, how can I make myself feel good? Yeah, if... Comfort is what you think you need to have in order to maintain and grow wealth. You're going to be sorely disappointed because (laughs) it's not easy, but it's worthwhile. It doesn't mean you won't have comfort from time to time. It's just that you will face problems. And what I like about this specific mindset is that it prepares you. It literally says, hey, this is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. Okay, swallow hard. Okay, it's going to be hard. Let's just keep going, right? But you said it. These people push through knowing that there's going to be opposition. Um, Here's the thing, the secret to the wealthy is that they learn from their problems so that they can become bigger than their problems. They're able to overcome the problems because what used to be a problem that caused discomfort and and pain and anxiety is now something they've adapted to and have become better at dealing with those things. And they still come, that's Mm -hmm. the thing, they still come. But now they know how to deal with it where it's just like a bump on the road, nothing to worry about, we just keep going. Whereas a person that doesn't have this mindset, any little thing sends them to a frenzy and they're ready to drop and quit and say, I'm just going to go back to an hourly wage. And you can do that. But that's not a wealthy mindset. That will not lead you to the kind of wealth we're talking about. That's right. And and eventually you become comfortable with the difficult things because you learn from them. And so even in a wealth mindset, you eventually become comfortable despite mm-hmm. the challenges. Yes. In fact, you see the challenge coming and you're, you're actually excited to meet it head on. Yeah. Because yeah. you know other people around you won't. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually help people in a way that other people are not willing to do. Yeah. And there's a, there's a dignity in that. You see a problem that it's going to be painful. It's not going to be easy. And, but you've challenged, you've been faced with those challenges before. And you know that you have the capacity mm-hmm. to handle it. Yeah. And you lean in and you know, you know that you're serving people well because you know that the product that you're, that you're going to sell, the thing that you're, the service you're going to provide, you yep. know that it's, it's meaningful and good to yep. serve people yep. with that product or that service. So you push through the challenge and you see where other people are afraid to push through challenges. And there's, I don't know, there's something that feels great about that. Yeah. When you when you overcome and you realize that you did something that somebody else wasn't willing to do. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it, it's definitely the opposite of the other, which is <laughs> problems just make you kind of quit and give up. Yeah. You know how that feeling is. Yeah, we've all done it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we've all done it. We've all yeah. done it. We've all done it. So, <laughs> no, all right, let's go to number five. Wealthy mindset people value education. This is a real big one because if the last time you read a book is when you left high school, that's a problem. Uh, you you have to be a lifelong learner. Wealthy people are lifelong learner. They maximize their time to learn 
and grow. Part of what they're doing is, is constantly push against what they know and either learn it or employ people that can help them to gain that information. Mm -hmm. In fact, the one thing about wealthy people is that they're not afraid. In fact, they are willing to pay for education, to fast track them to the answer. Yeah. So when you see mentors and coaching, they're willing to say, how much do you charge to come in and show me how to do this in one day rather mm -hmm. than me taking six months to learn this? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's, again, goes back to the value that they place on education. They're not thinking, gosh, I'm just going to learn it myself. I don't want to spend the money. No, they're thinking, I don't want to spend six months. Right. <laughs> like, that's crazy. I want to spend $3,000 and have that information in one day. And that's because they value education. Yeah, 63% of wealthy people listen to audiobooks during their commute to work. Mm -hmm. And you compare that, 5% of poor people yeah. listen to Big audiobooks Big on difference. their commute to work. 67% yeah. um, of wealthy people will write their goals down. And one of those goals is education. Yeah. 17% of poor people will write their goals down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, one more. These are, these are a few percentages um, that come from the book Rich Habits, The Daily Success Habits of the Wealthy. One more here uh, is that 70% of wealthy parents make their children volunteer 10 or more hours a month. 70%. Mm. And it's 3% for poor people, 70% for wealthy parents. Wow. Because when you volunteer, you learn new skills. Yeah. When you volunteer, you're put in challenging situations where you have to learn and stretch and grow. And you have to learn to interact with authority. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to interact within a new set of boundaries, a new set of uh, guidelines. So um, just some interesting stats that point to the importance of education. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And we kind of tend to think that we all value education. But look at the difference that a wealthy person thinks. I don't want just them to go to school get a hundred on their right, test, right. I want to put them in a situation where they're learning beyond that. That's, that's why, I mean, that's a different set of value for education there mm -hmm. than just do the regular. And, and I think that speaks volume to, to why they are successful because they're constantly pushing and, and trying to learn and grow. Number six and the last one, wealthy mindset people create multiple streams of income. That's good. They devote time to planning their financial future. Mm -hmm. They know where their finances are. They're aware of their net worth mm -hmm. and the diversification of their net worth. Uh, do I have a plan for multiple places to continue to grow my income? That's where you go from the business owner to the investor. Am I investing in seven, yes, in eight places <laughs> yeah. so that if a disaster comes upon the land, that there is enough investments in enough diversified places that if one stream of income dries up, it's okay, I've got six or seven others. Right. And, and it takes time to do that. It sure. starts, starts when you're an employee, mm -hmm. and then you save, and then you grow some capital, and then you're self-employed. That's a one stream of income. But as you add a business system, as you add real estate, as you add investments, you gain these streams of income. Uh, it, it's not... It's not easy. No. It's hard. It takes work. But your but wealthy mindset is to be committed to this process uh, to hold a job and consult on the side. Mm -hmm. Now you have two streams of income. Yeah, or start a side gig or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah consult on the side, start yeah. a side gig. Um, invest and generate dividends from your investments. There's tons of just great you know, single stocks out there that pay a dividend every month. Yeah. And maybe 5%, maybe 6%, <laughs> maybe 3%. 
but sometimes the value of the stock goes up as they pay out a dividend as well. So you're getting 5% from the dividend and 4% from the value of the stock going up. Diversify, look for multiple streams of income, and look for a way to make sure you have cash flow consistently rolling. Cash flow is just as, if not more important, in a wealthy mindset. Yeah, and they think about it because they're thinking long-term, right? They're looking at a financial future and thinking, what do I need to do to build wealth to the degree that I can serve more people, take care of my family, do all the things that I have in my heart to do? And this kind of, David, it just, again, brings back to why we have the four steps to purposeful living. And it reinforces this notion, this last one we talked about, I'm going to spend on purpose. Then I'm going to save before I spend. I'm going to make that a priority because I'm trying to build a passive income. So I need some some extra money to put aside to make that money right. while I'm working my job. Then I'm going to increase my margin so I can do more of that. And then once I have bigger margin, now I can invest more aggressively, wiser, so that I can create this passive income to the degree that one day I have more money coming in from my passive income than I do from my job. Now I've just become financially free. That's great. And you don't have to stop there because one of the other values of the wealthy is that they don't look to retirement. Mm -hmm. They look at working for a lifetime because mm -hmm. you can look at serving people for a lifetime. And I think that's a really important part of a wealthy mindset is that it's not about I want to get to where I'm a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever. That's right. It's about how can I serve more people? So there is no finish line. It's yeah. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life because this is fun. That's the funny thing is there's no finish line. So when they get to huge numbers, they don't find their identity in that number. Mm -hmm. um, they find their identity in providing great service yep. and new challenges. You, know, you see somebody like uh, um, the guy who started Tesla and then he's like, oh, I'm going to st start SpaceX mm -hmm. and then I'm going to start an underground way of moving cars under yeah. cities like i mean he's not planning on stopping anytime no, he's looking for new challenges yeah. yeah and the money isn't the goal the money's not the win mm -hmm. uh so okay uh one last reference before we head out uh there's a book called bow bow shall prosper by rabbi daniel lapin we didn't get to talk a lot about it today there's a few pull quotes that i thought of in preparation but i think it's a great book to check out um it's a jewish rabbi that has written down a ton of, well, the 10 basic reasons why the Jewish people as a whole have mm -hmm. been so successful and some of the things that are built into the community and the education in the Jewish uh, mindset mm -hmm. that matches perfectly with this wealth mindset. Yep. And so you see a ton of success in that small community of people um, despite huge persecution, huge problems, all yeah. sorts of issues. Yeah. And, and the 10 things that he lays out are just phenomenal. Uh, so I just I highly recommend the book. Uh, we didn't have a chance to get into many of the pieces of it today, but um, it, part of that believing in the dignity and morality of business came from him. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's one of the things that inspired me and inspired me early on in life um, on this vein of a wealthy mentality yeah. and success and growth and serving others. Yeah, that's good. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. We hope it was helpful to you and that you will rate and review it on the podcast, uh, either Apple or any other podcast device that you're listening to. Uh, we hope that you'll share it with somebody. Take a minute, text it to a friend right now. Think of somebody who is a peer, uh, either at work or at home or a family member. Just shoot them a text. You know, hit the three dots, click share this you know, episode, mm -hmm. and pass it along to a friend. If you want to gain access to the show notes, financial tools, and other great resources, check out leosabo.com. Anything else you want to add to that, Leo? Just 
take advantage of some of the tools that are on there. They really are meant for you to use. They're free. Uh, and they're laid out fairly well, especially when it comes to that cash flow management. Uh, there's videos and tools that'll help you mm. to walk through that. So my encouragement is to take advantage of, you know, if you want to know how to budget, the, the information's right there. That's right. One of the things that wealthy people do is they have good control of their finances. They yep. spend on purpose, save before they spend, increase their financial margin, mm -hmm. and then invest wisely. So go over to leosabo.com. Come over and hang out with me at stewardshippastors.com. Think about that. Stewardship is another term for management, mm -hmm. and pastoring is another term for shepherding or helping take care of people. So come learn how to manage well as you take care of and serve other people. Yeah. Stewardship Pastoring. StewardshipPastors.com. Check out the book, Jesus on Money. I know that some folks are saying, hey, when is it going to release? When is it going to release? Uh, I've got some time off from work uh, this upcoming month, so I'm going to be working aggressively on finishing that. And so uh, no immediate promises or a timeline, but I can tell you uh, that if you invest by pre-ordering the book, it will be worth your time, your energy. You're going to love the book, Jesus on Money. And we want to thank you again for joining us today. We hope that you'll continue to join us next time. So together, we can keep getting money right. And then once I have bigger margin, now I can invest more aggressively wiser so that I can create this passive income to the degree that one day I have more money coming in from my passive income than I do from my job. Now I've just become financially free.